Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dungeon Crawler Network presents Tales of Tamriel. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 111 of Tales of Tamriel, Dungeon Crawler Network production. I am your host, Ajelos, and with me this afternoon, or this morning, or whatever time it is that you are watching this, I think it's morning here, for some of us, um, we have Arkanir. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Finals are over. I've been playing Elder Scrolls Online since Friday, nonstop, so I'm great. How about you? <laughs> great yeah i've seen you've been logging on and uh i also seen where you logged where you logged off on and what state your character <laughs> logged on to on the north american side it was quite funny uh, also joining us gentlemen sour streamer for uh the dungeon crawl network how are you sir i'm doing good i'm like arc i have not played eso in a very long time because of yard work outside of my home mm. yeah I understand that. I was actually just working outside like crazy, trying to get everything done. So, Before we start, we got a few announcements we have to do. First off, uh, I want to do a special thank you to newest Patreon supporter, Sean. Uh, thank you so much for supporting us, as well as hit, give a shout-out to his new site, uh, ESONGame.com. So thank you so much, Sean, for supporting us, as well as for being a valuable part of the Elder Scrolls Online community. Um, so go ahead, check out his website. I'll have it in the notes so you can see it as well. Um, starting to starting to really fill out with content, so there we go. Give that a shot. Also, um, Crown Store Pack giveaway for the 1,000 subscribers. We're still doing that, um, obviously. This is the fourth or third of the fourth um, chances for you to get your um, entries in so obviously all you have to do is comment on either episode 109 through 112 you get an entry for every comment and like you do on those videos so there you go up to four entries and on episode 113 we will announce the winner so we're still going with that so don't forget about that get your entries in for these episodes and um, good luck to everyone who's entered so far which has been a lot of people actually 
I, w I was very pleasantly surprised to see the amount of people who have been entering, so that's fantastic. Um, last thing to mention, if you're into some PvP, one of our newest DCN members, Glasnir, has been working on a lot of PvP builds, and a lot of them have been incredibly interesting. Um, so go ahead and check them out. You can check them out at dungeoncrawlernetwork.com slash skaldvar, which I'll have a link to that in our notes as well. Or you could just go into the library, scroll down to where you see ESO and, uh, and uh, Dragon Knight builds, and you'll see all of them there and all of his different variations. So definitely check those out. They're a lot of fun to play in PvP, and he's been uh, working very hard on them. I get messages almost daily from him going, new idea for uh, PvP build. What do you think of this? Um, he's also the reason why I now have to farm 146 Drew Wax, or 156 Drew Wax. So, yeah, that was my game. All right. Let's go ahead and let's move right into the news. First up in the news, there was a patch on the on Tuesday or Monday uh, patch 2.4.6 was an incremental patch that include a fix for ultimate regeneration passives some item fixes some uh, some more fixes for that 64-bit client quest fixes and a few other little things um, it wasn't huge but I didn't really notice a whole bunch in here that was of interest other than they reverted the ability and more respect cost back to their original cost of 50 gold. So I'm sad about that. <laughs> Just because it was only one gold during that Dark Brotherhood release week. Uh, Ark, was there any changes in here that you thought was interesting? I know ultimate passives affect you a lot as a, as a uh, dragon. I actually didn't notice that. But... It may be because that I haven't been playing a lot until this Friday. Um, other than that, I forgot to respect any of my characters. Oh, so really? So I'm upset about that, yeah. I didn't respect anything. Uh, I may be about to 64-bit client fixes because I want to change my client to that. Mm -hmm. And that sound cutting, whatever that thing is in 32-bit client is annoying me a lot. Like we were doing the Sanctum of Idea and sound just kept cutting off it's just annoying mm. um i know that happened a lot on the 64-bit client has that been happening on the 32-bit since db came out i mean um they said that it was about reducing the lag death or something i think kilted said something like that but i don't know anything about it so i'm not sure okay yeah gotcha other than that i have a question why shouldn't teleport strike teleport you to the keep walls I don't know, but that's the same notion of um, the the Dragon Knights being able to pull themselves up keep walls with their chains. That was yep, something I, they fixed before. I think that should be a feature, not something to be fixed. <laughs> I mean, it's it's teleport strike. You teleport. <laughs> I mean, it shouldn't be a problem. Right. Well, but it, yeah, that fixed that. What was it? The uh, the the fake patch notes they released for April Fool's Day, going that they fixed Dragon Knight's abilities. Their chains now pull down whole keep walls. <laughs> <laughs> the sad part is when I first looked at that, I actually thought it was real. I'm like, you know, I know this is supposed to be April Fool's, but I really feel like this is already in the game. So um, there we go. Uh, we Dragon Knights are OP. What can I say? Indeed, they really are. <laughs> 
Uh, I forgot to give a welcome to our chat rooms, both on YouTube.com and Twitch. Thank you guys for showing up. I see there's quite a bit of activity on both, so if you guys have any questions or anything, feel free to shout them out, and I'll do my best to read through them as I can. Um, when this patch came out, though, like the day after it came out, they also released a hot fix that fixed um, the Alliance War um, merchant, whatever her name is. I don't know. She's a Khajiit. She's the rare goods merchant who would sell you the dragon helm or the monster helms and all those things. The weekend that the patch came out, she got broken and she did not show up the entire weekend. So they had to patch her in the next, the, the day after like a hot fix was later on that week. So it'd be available for this weekend. Um, but yeah, she, she is, uh, she's now back. <laughs> um, but I don't. I don't buy any helms. I just farm the dungeons. Gentlemen, do you buy helms? I do not buy helms. There you go. All right. I bought everything. Really? Uh, yeah, I bought the engine guardian helm and the shoulders. It just doesn't have, drop. I don't have enough gold, honestly. Uh -oh. Just starting out to even. I can barely afford to upgrade my horse every day. <laughs> Sounds like somebody needs to go to the Iron Bank of Agelos and take a loan out that's okay i only charge like 150 percent interest rate no worries yeah don't worry about it i won't come after you and steal all your all your mounts if you don't pay maybe i don't have a lot of mounts to give you <laughs> all your tempers are now belonging to me anytime you get i don't have them. none of those either it don't matter the second you accident you get one you'll be like i finally have a temper i'll just sneak up behind you i'll take that thank you fair enough all right. This one's a little bit more interesting in the news. Um, PC Gamer uh, named The Elder Scrolls Online one of their best PvP MMOs out there, along with Guild Wars 2 and Planet Side 2. So that that's actually really, really awesome. Because um, I actually like both of those. I'm not big on Planet Side, and I'm not a sci-fi guy, but I love Guild Wars 2 structured PvP. So the fact that ESO is ranked up there, and I really do enjoy the PvP in ESO, especially Imperial City. So, um, did any of you guys read this article? Yeah, I did. And actually, Elder Scrolls Online still could use some positive advertisement out there. So I'm glad they did that. Right. But still, I don't know if it's. I mean, Guild Wars 2's PvP is my favorite, mm -hmm. and I actually compare Elder Scrolls Online to that instinctively, I mean, unintentionally. And it feels, I don't know, more chaotic than Guild Wars 2. Maybe because we don't have cooldowns on skills. I'm not sure. I've I never been able to put why I feel like that. But but it's, it's good that they put an article out there like that. James Harvey in chat, this is really funny. He goes, so they didn't rate it the best story MMO, but they rated <laughs> it the best PvP MMO. And... He finds that confusing, which I kind of do too, because the story in, in ESO is fantastic. I love, love, almost every quest is, is fantastic. Except for Albemarle Dominion, all that can go. But everything else is good. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm actually really surprised that it's not in there in, that, in the story-based MMO list. Um, I didn't read all the article because I only cared about the ESO one. Mm -hmm. But for the story-based, I bet you any money that 
um, Secret World is in there for the story because it doesn't have much else. But I hear the story in Secret World is really good. But I think ESO is just as good. So I don't know. It's what I'm thinking anyway. Yeah, I didn't even know there was another list. I I think it's one of those annoying ones that you have to keep clicking through, and they do like mm. best MMO of what you know, best story, best PvP, best PVE, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Honorary mentions, miscongeniality of MMOs. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever that works. I don't. Know. How uh, how similar is the PVP in? Because I've never played Guild Wars two, but how similar is it to the PVP in Elder Scrolls compared to how similar Dark Age of Camelot is to it? All right. So if we're gonna compare all three of those. Um, I've had a lot of experience with all three. I don't know if Ark... I'm pretty sure Ark hasn't touched Dark Age because that was like a 2002 MMO. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't. Uh, so let me go ahead and let me talk about it compared to um, Dark Age of Camelot and I'll let you touch Guild Wars. How's that sound? Um, well, I'm pretty sure you are more experienced in Guild Wars too, so well, you can go ahead and take that too. I Because I, I really only played... The world versus world versus world versus world in Guild Wars 2, not the battlegrounds or <clears throat> the I don't know what was it five man PVP. Yeah, the structured. Sure. Yeah, but I I I really cared about the world versus world. So. Okay. Well, all three of them have a world versus world mechanic. Uh, the three ver you know three alliance versus three alliance. Um, it, it's it's actually kind of funny that when you mention it. Because looking at it from like a meta perspective, Dark Age of Camelot, there was a lot of faction pride because there was no interacting with other factions at all. If you were Hibernia or you were Al um, or Albion or Midgard, you just didn't mess with anyone else. And there was often a lot of, lot of support and hate for the other factions. Um, but that game was very pvp centric there wasn't a lot of pve until i think trials of atlantis they started adding raids and when i talk raids they're like 100 people raids like your whole server showed up and when i played on 56k i pretty much had to walk with my face down so i didn't disconnect before i got there but uh yeah that was a problem um in terms of pvp i actually think that eso is closer related to the um Dark Age of Camelot than it is to World vs. World because World vs. World felt very small to me like the, the whole zone I mean I know they had three different fact like they had the main border like each each zone each server grouping for the instance because mm -hmm. in, in Guild Wars 2 you had different they didn't match races or factions together it was a server versus server versus server competition so yeah. If you're looking for like a lore reason, I think they tried to mix a lore reason, but their whole it's a miss battle yeah. kind of thing just made no <laughs> sense. Um, but from a meta level, it was a server. You know, your server was put up against other servers, and depending on how well you did, you moved up the ladder rank and fought different servers. Um, I actually didn't like that, and honestly, the only reason why I didn't like it is for lore reasons because it was always kind of annoying. Because as I'm running around, it's like, okay, I'm running next to Achar, Najura, you know, Savari, and those guys have the same thing. The only thing that makes them different from me is the fact that they're colored blue because mm -hmm. they got assigned the blue server this week. And, and the whole world felt tiny. Like, 
you could cross the entire zone in probably less than five minutes. Um, there were th four different zones. There was a main battlefield and three borderlands that you fought for, and all three, all four of them contribute to your overall score and determine your winning. But it, it felt very quick getting get out. Dark Age of Camelot, on the other hand, was a lot slower. Um, I think Guild Wars 2 is our Elder Scrolls Online is a nice mix between the two because they have the transit system allows you to port to different keeps to get closer. There was very little of that in in Dark Age. A lot of it was running. You ran everywhere, um, and to battle some of the further keeps, you would have to run with a bard or you know one of those speed giving classes, one of those support classes, so you could actually make it across the battlefield at somewhat reasonable time. <laughs> um, but yeah, I didn't... The, the World vs. World never impressed me in Guild Wars 2. It was the structured PvP that impressed me, which was their battlegrounds. And mm -hmm. uh, we don't have that in ESO yet. So that's kind of how I feel about it. Um, Ark, what about... what well, You just did the World v. World. I know when, yeah. uh, when I said it looked small, you kind of had a look on your face like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't play much... MMORPGs back then as well, so it might have been, it might have felt big to me, uh, the world versus world. But I mean, Guild Wars 2's PvP, World vs. World PvP, felt much more strategic than Elder Scrolls Elder Scrolls Online is, because it's it's actually a full-on Zerg rush in Elder Scrolls Online, to me at least. I mean, you've stormed the keep. If you have the Emperor Dragon Knight Vampire in your group, you kill everyone and you grab the keep. You move on. In um, Guild Wars 2, I don't, as I said, I don't know why it felt like that, but things weren't as chaotic as in Elder Scrolls Online, uh, to me at least. I mean, maybe because there were skill cooldowns, so I could understand what was going on. Maybe because of the class character um, settings, I don't know, but it felt much more um, strategic. I mean, we, we had a 400 people guild uh, coexist. In Guild Wars 2, and we usually were in with hundred people in a single server. Like uh, there was a um, character cap of 150 people in Guild Wars 2 for World vs World, and hundred of that was our, was our guild. So maybe it's because of that. But either way, we were doing a lot of strategies. Like uh, the guild leader commanded us to jump off the um, keep walls, storm the people outside the keep. We do that. I mean, everything felt, everything went according to plan. In other schools online, when I uh, play with a group, if you try to do something strategic, I don't know, some group just comes, zergs us, or we zerg some another group, and everything just turns into chaos. You pull someone, someone uh, shoots talons at you, so people are dodge rolling all around. I don't like that. It, it's, it's chaos, it's pure chaos. You know, and I, I do know what you mean. I know there's people who, especially when calling was a big thing in Guild Wars 2, and I know this is a, a, an ESO show, but well, it, it kind of fits with this. Calling was when you couldn't see the characters because they didn't render fast enough. Um, hmm. People would do what was called Zerg bombing. What you would do is they would hide you in, like you'd have like a whole group of people, like 50 plus people on one side of a keep wall. You would have a Mesmer lay down a portal underneath the entire group. The, the one lone Mesmer will then run out into a group of other people, lay a portal down, and then every, your entire group ports through it. 
but because the engine couldn't render the people, you were invisible, so no <laughs> one could target you, but your AoEs would still hit everybody. So all of a sudden, your whole group would just start doing every AoE they could to bomb the other person. And by the time... That's horrible. It, it was really bad. That was a big problem in Guild Wars 2. And I think I know what you mean. The... the the strategy, and this isn't for everyone. I've been in groups who require you to be in team speak in in in, uh, in Cyrodiil, that they are very organized groups. Um, but you have to be part of one of their PvP guilds in order to get in kind of deal. Um, if you're just joining a random pug or a, even a semi-hardcore PvP group, you're probably not going to have quite the coordination that Guild Wars 2 had. Part of that, I think, is because... The smaller, like you said, 100 people, you were a third of the server with your guild alone. Uh, Cyrodiil has been raided for over 2,000 people already, mm -hmm. and it's also much larger. Um, a lot of times, fights bring people in there. That's where you start getting your zergs rolling in, because as soon as you start fighting and the, and the cross swords hit the map, yeah. everyone runs to that, because that's where the action <clears> is. <throat> um, and over time, if you don't hit it and hit it and quit it quick you're going to find other people on you kind of like we were doing in our uh in our one of our pvp nights we were just taking small forts and stuff like that we decided hey let's go ahead and attack this keep because we were far off in blue territory all the fighting was in the south and uh we started hitting the keep and since there was only like six of us and only like two trebuchets it was taking forever we had a zerg run on us in like five minutes because we didn't leave fast enough we were quick enough yeah. to take camps and stuff, but not quick enough to take a keep before someone got there. So, see, I've only I've only went into Cyrodiil with it was it would be like two of my friends and myself, and we would literally walk everywhere because or or I mean we would go on mounts, but we it was more like Pv, PVE inside the PvP. We just didn't have the people to go zerging with anybody or go attack for or a keep or whatever and. I guess maybe I just haven't had the the experience of actually going out and zerging and taking keeps and stuff like that. So, right. Um, yeah, no, it was it was it was different, and I, and I think that I honestly believe that ESO has could have that level. It's just it's so large that the only very very hardcore pvp groups have that level coordination if you if you're with anyone else a random pug that you just hit lfg in in zone mm -hmm. chat you're probably not going to get those kind of tactics that you had in, in guild wars 2 all right let's go ahead and move on to our next little bit of news um one of the last bits of news before we move into our discussion topics is actually I'm going to have two discussion topics this week as well. Um, you may know her from around the community because if you don't, you're probably crazy and be living under a rock. Uh, Kras Madsky, um, the writer of the Tamriel... Oh, I remember the name of it. Help me out here. The Tamriel... Uh, Foundry? No. No. It, it was a player guide. I'm so sorry. Mm. I feel oh, I awful. Know. I don't remember what it is. It was like a Tamrielic Adventures guide. It was a, a, a huge collaboration from a bunch of different people that she put together. Um, it, it's, it's like a 150-page PDF document teaching new players about ESL. It's fantastic. Uh, <clears throat> but anyway, 
she's also a streamer. She's she's done a lot in the community, and she has um, went on her Twitter and said that she just signed paperwork and submitted a formal acceptance uh, to be a developer for ESO at Zenimax. So congratulations to her on, on that achievement. Um, just to uh, sneak that in, that's the Traveler's Guide to Tamriel. Traveler, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe I couldn't remember what that was. <laughs> Um, yeah, that that was sad, but yeah. So she's she's now working for Zenimax. And if you oh, go on her, uh, if you go on her Twitter, she has a link to it, like right below her bio. Mm -hmm. Okay, I was on Twitter just a minute ago, but I didn't look at it that crazy. So, but uh, yeah, so congrats to her. That's awesome. Um, glad that glad she was able to. Uh, um, you know, <laughs> do what do what you want to do because that sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, so there we go. I'm working for Zenimax, Zenimax Studios. What more can you ask? I know that sounds pretty awesome, honestly. Yeah. Except working for Bethesda themselves. I mean. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, guys, that was pretty much all we had for news this week. But we do have two bits of discussion that I really want to talk about um, as I fill that in on my notes here save a draft all right i'm gonna go ahead and pull i'm gonna pull this up on the screen so if you give me two seconds here to do that okay screen might have went black for two seconds but that's okay there we go all right it's now up on the screen i'm pulling this up because this was a list of um data mined icons that was available on the official forums by the forum user Cry Havoc. There he is. So first off, I'm gonna start scrolling down through some of these. It, I'm trying to think of how I want to go about this. I want to mention that data mining is data mining, so some of this may make no sense whatsoever, um, and that's okay, because some of this may not be added till later, or might not be added at all. So we'll we'll deal with that as we go. Um, we'll scroll down through some of these and point them out. Under the AVA or PVP category, you'll notice that there's several different... There's a bow, a couple shields, hammer, looks like armor, a sword, crown. We don't really know anything about these specific icons other than the name, which are artifact underscore zero zero three. Um, and the user made a comment saying he's unsure what these could be used for. They could be objectives in Cyrodiil, or perhaps they're artifacts that could be awarded at the end of campaigns, considering that Volendrun, which would be that hammer right there on, on the map that you're mm -hmm. probably looking at, Artifact 004, spell, uh, Spellbreaker, which is a shield, which looks a lot like Artifact 003, and Blackwater Blade, which looks like Artifact 006, um, can be seen here in the campaign sharing some of these or sharing the same name so maybe the end of campaign award depending on the campaign you're in i sort of think that these kind of items will not be rewarded by by players but we're i'm going to hold on what i believe they're actually before because if we scroll down a little bit more on this list you'll start seeing some compass U, ui stuff and uh arc or gentlemen if you guys if you're following along with me on this, if you see anything and want to throw anything in, just shout it out because mm -hmm. I'm going to be going down through this list and, and pulling it up. And, um, 
obviously you have your three faction flags and a flag for neutral, but you also notice where it has flag base, flag carriers, murder ball, return point icons, and towns. So I'm going to sit here for a minute. All of these PvP things, remember when we went back and forth talking about um, small-scale PvP? They've been saying yeah. they've been working on small-scale PvP. Um, we have murder ball icons right here, and we have flag carrier icons. This is where I want to talk about these these specific items. I, I Because of how lore-centric the Elder Scrolls is, I don't see people carrying a flag, because who really gives a crap about a flag? Yeah. But an artifact, such as the flag mm. being Volendrung, the person's carrying the hammer Volendrung, or Blackwater Blade, or any of these items that would be deemed as a detriment to the war effort to lose it, it would make more of a lore reason why to have those. And since there's multiple, you could do it something like this. Like, for instance, here's a crown, here's a, a piece of armor, and one of these shields. Depending on the, on the type of gameplay you're looking at, for Murder Ball, whoever has one of those items... Let's say it's like the armor or something. Now, this is just speculation, but this is how I'm thinking these work. You you collect the armor. Murder Ball, how Murder Ball works is one person gets it, and it's how long you're last. It's kind of like King of the Hill. You're, mm -hmm. you're killing your target. But that person would gain almost like Emperor-like abilities, right? Because they have that artifact armor or the artifact weapon on them, and it's giving their character power. So their job is to stay alive while holding it. Well, everyone else's job is to kill it for murder ball. Some of the other ones, like the uh, weapons and stuff, could be the flags that we're going to see for capture the flag. Like having Volendrung in a temple and whoever gets it and brings it back, that's your flag carry. That's what I'm seeing for that. I could see them I could see them doing something like, um, like you said, with the powers and everything, making them even move faster. Yep. Making your speed go up. I can, mm -hmm. I can see all that happening. Right. Um, sp Spellbreaker, I mean, it could give spell immunity and stuff like that. You could only hit them with physical attacks. And yeah, I can, I can see how that works, how that could work. But I'm not all that optimistic that they are actually planning to do something um, as fun as that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know they talked about capturable towns, and now we have new icons in place for said towns. Yeah. Um, so we'll see those. We also have currencies, new PvP currencies. We're assuming they're PvP currencies because they look similar to Telvar stones. So we have those. There's new icons for siege ammo, which is kind of neat. Again, I... ammo I'm assuming would do various different things. Like just looking at some of this, like here's a cow. Okay, well... Hurling cows into into an enemy would be a way of causing disease damage. So you yeah, would use but... <laughs> that against people. I'm thinking about a whole cow flying towards the cube right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I almost feel like maybe some of these are, again, related to small-scale PvP. Because if you look at the next section with Siege Hook Points, a hook point is a place where you can actually place specific stuff so it's not going to be freeform. Maybe if we're doing a battleground or something like that, you can't play Siege wherever you want, but there'll be 
certain spots on the map that if you capture it and control it, you can then lay down a specific type of siege, depending what it is. That's yeah, what well, <clears throat> what's up with the icons of hook point then? And they, they are characters. That's what characters. I'm not really... It, it could be something like, um, you know, depending, maybe you can have a type of siege engineer in there or whatever. Like, these guys, the siege hook point zero zero one with the green light, maybe that's something to do with healing versus the blue light guy might be something like mages, archers. Like, I'm, I'm not really sure why the icons are that way, but I just know siege hook points were specific places on keeps and things where you could actually place siege from older Maybe games. Possibly um, going off of what class you are. Right. Too. Um, there's a new siege weapon coming, which they made a note saying that it is different to the battering ram that's currently used in PvP, so it seems to be a new type of siege weapon rather than the upgraded art. Um, it looks like it's a flaming ram, so maybe that does more damage to doors. We have some consumable yeah, dye packs, potions, etc. More costumes coming in. And for anyone who's noticing that second one, the Breton Hero, the last of the cinematic trailer stuff. Which, which won't have the cape again, so it will look, look bad. You know what, yeah, without the cape, it, there is <laughs> something missing there. And some of these we've seen before, um, but they're here. For whatever reason, the monkey was under a costume category. Not really sure why. Might be a mistake. Or you might be a monkey costume or being turned into a monkey. Who knows? Your skin. And, of course, Sheogorath. Going down. Sheogorath is best. Sheogorath is best. Going down through the list more... We're seeing such things as ragged hide, ragged pelt, ragged skins. We're going to start seeing more and more crafting materials. And you'll see as these things go through. I'm going to scroll through these fairly quickly. Um, there's a lot of new items being added. Some of these I'm feeling will be closer to alchemy or poison. Some of these may be required for further crafting. Because one thing that we notice as we scroll down here, besides enchantments and new flowers, new gems are being added. So mm -hmm. maybe that's more trait pieces, as you are saying earlier. I don't know what that yeah. Wilkin stone is, but that looks awesome. Is it under gems? Yeah, it's under gems. Yeah, it's under gems. I would, I would assume something like spell damage, but I'm not sure. Right. And some of these might also be crafting pieces. But here's the thing I wanted to really talk about. Under metals... New metals coming in, which I'm. we were talking about being probably closer to alchemy because all three of these, graphite, phosphorus, quicksilver, and tin, are crappy for any type of metallurgy. They're too yeah. soft. I mean, graphite's essentially a pencil. It's lead. <laughs> <laughs> um, essentially. Not much else is different from that. I know they also use it in nuclear reactors, but anyway, that's beside the point. Quicksilver's essentially mercury. Tin is a very base metal, but it's it's soft and pliable. It's not really something that you would use. Mushrooms. Here's the thing that's interesting. New ore coming in. Dragon yeah. bone. Ori calcum, moonstone, a few others. We're probably gonna start seeing a with these, we're gonna start seeing a, a champion point increase. 
So with the champion point increase, that means we're actually going to have gear higher than champion point 160. Yeah, finally. Finally. Uh, that just means I'm going to have to farm more Druwax. <laughs> Another 150. There's some more poison materials, some more more potions, base stuff. A few style materials, such as Draugr. That's interesting. And some base things for Regatta. So we might actually get to see the Red Guard stuff. More wood. Here's some more interesting things. Um... Professions. Not yeah, sure I what they need these for. I, I'm not real sure either, but... Hmm. Could it be related to housing, as you once said, you know, um, giving crafters something to do when the housing comes? Could it be, I don't know, related to that? Smith a forester? Maybe they're, maybe they're foresters. new crafting professions, though, because Forester... See, it doesn't make much sense for woodworking unless they added some other stuff in here. But, like, they're looking about bow and axe vendor components, potion standards, like, some of this weapon components. I don't know if this is related to housing so much. Outfitter. Look, we have more things under Outfitter. Rune Crafter. Mm. Like... Smith, that, that blacksmith there, Runecrafter's Enchanting, Outfitter, maybe is clothing, maybe they're planning on, maybe, this could also be something like, it may not be new professions so much as renaming the old professions. Hmm. I don't know, that's, because these are all very interesting icons. But we already have a blacksmith in the game, so, not sure. Maybe these were, will be specific to materials, like if you're a forester, you can get, I mean, you, you have, maybe you have a higher chance of getting a, what was the yellow temper of Tempering alloy? Or uh, rosin? Rosin, yeah. I, I mean, maybe if you're a forester, you have a higher chance of refining these. I don't know. Hmm. I'm not sure. It's very interesting to say the least because we don't really know based on these names because it's like a logo icon. All right, well, that makes sense. You know, if it has a very specific job, it's a logo. But look at some of these other things. Potion standard, potion standard, potion vendor. I know these are these names don't mean a lot. It, it's, a you know, it's a standard programming name for an item. But most of the time when a programmer does something like this, these names mean something that it's related mm -hmm. to. So potion standard F, I'm assuming this icon right here has something to do with a potion. Why else would they be calling it that? Yeah. And, and Ark, you're an engineer. You guys probably rename, when you rename files, you, you rename them in these formats, especially if you have mm -hmm. tons of them. But the, the general name generally coincides with what it's related to. That way, if you're looking down through your database, you actually, at a glance, know what it is. Yeah. If, if you want to know what's happening in your code. Yeah. If you, <laughs> if you don't want to, just name it random BS and just hope for the best. <laughs> <laughs> and hope no one messes or you need to go back and check your code. Um, Crown Store items are adding some... The bounty things are now being added to the crown store, so you can buy them as well for the bounty expungers. 
some po new poisons, and this one I think is the most interesting. All DLC. So like a season pass. Almost like a season pass. I'm imagining what this will do is under the mm. all DLC, is after a couple DLC are out, like maybe two or three, all previous D well, I mean, look at other games. World of Warcraft does that with all of its previous expansions. They only make you buy the latest. Um, with mm -hmm. how cheap their DLC are, I can't imagine that's they'll they'll do that. But I mean, over time, let's face it. Even right now, if a new player comes in, if they're not subbed up, they have to buy. If they want everything, they have to buy Imperial City. That's two point five k crowns. They have to buy Rothgar, which is what three three k. So you're at five point five k. Then you have to buy Thieves Guild. That's another two thousand. So you're at seven point five k. You have to buy Dark Brotherhood. That's another two thousand. You're at nine. Point, you're all, you almost need ten thousand crowns mm -hmm. just to get caught up. That's you know that's that's a significant amount of of dollars. I mean that's probably close to seventy five bucks US or close to that. Um, just to get caught up on all the DLC. Mm -hmm. So I'm imagining what they'll do is after a couple DLC patches happen, they'll get thrown into this all DLC thing where you buy it and you have everything prior. That could be nice, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's useful for new players who come in mm -hmm. a couple years later. Not so much for people who've been keeping up with the game, but, you know, someone who comes in... Uh, my buddy just started replaying the game after over a year. Like, he got it mm -hmm. at launch, played a little bit, but didn't really touch it after that. He just started playing again, and he's not subbed up, but after talking to him this weekend, he'll probably sub up to the game now. But he was referring to the fact that he has to, what DLC should he buy? He only has so much money. How, which one should he buy first? So I had to kind of go, well, what do you want to do? But, and then I started telling him, like, you do realize if you sub to the game, you get the same amount of crowns as you would buying. And then you have the DLC anyway. And he's like, really? Like, he, did, <laughs> he was baffled. He did not know this. Um, and he's like, that's a really good deal. I'm like, yeah, you get the same amount of crowns as if you just bought the crowns outright. Plus, you get the 10% to all your character uh, uh, progression stats, you know, experience, uh, mm -hmm. all that. Plus, all the DLC are open to you without spending those said crowns you bought until your thing expires. A couple new things being added, entitlements. One of these looks like the ring, two, well, two of them look like Ring of Mara. I'm not really sure about the third. And the fourth one is clearly... Uh, the Chimda Alabald, the you know the 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 necklace the of kings, amulet of kings. Yeah, amulet of kings. <laughs> no, I I use the alien name. Come on now, <laughs> um, the amulet of kings. Come on now, seriously. Um, so there we go. Following, I don't know what purpose these would actually allow, because. Like I said, the 001 or the 002 are already in the game. You, you buy them through the Crown Store or through the or through the uh, uh, Imperial Edition, and you get one. And you get the Amulet of Kings during the story arc. So unless they're just updating the icon, I don't really see a point to it other than that. Because if you played the main story, no real real spoilers here, but after the ending of the main story this, the, the Amulet of Kings just disappears. 
Like, you, you don't really know what happens to it, and which is good, because you don't start getting it until um, the true Emperor comes along 300 years later. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's kind of written out of the game's history after after the main story. Because obviously everyone who's followed the other games know Tiber Septum is the one who reunites the entire emperor, Empire. Um, so it, it disappears between that point. Ancient Yukudin, which is a different motif coming in here but we'll start seeing this as well being added and if you look at the ancient Yakutan, here's the piece I want people to look at um, I'm going to highlight it, the heavy chest A it's already in the game it's the Shira set or whatever it is from Thieves Guild the one that puts the crap on the ground that snares you, it has the wings on the back yeah um that set's only available as a drop, but this is the motif that will probably come with it to allow us to craft in this style. As you can That's see nice. it. Yeah. I thought um, I thought the 12-handed axe was a little bit more interesting than that. Oh, the what? The axe? The 12-handed oh. axe. Oh, the two-handed... <laughs> 12-handed... I see what you're saying. Alright. Someone, someone messed up with their, their naming scheme there. I don't know, maybe you just sprout extra arms like all their golems. I don't, I don't yeah. know. Um, looks like we're going to start getting some Domithra armor, which is available in the game already as drop sets out of Mall of Lorcaj. But, again, we'll be able to craft in it in any style mm-hmm. we want later, which is, which is pretty awesome. Minotaur. Minotaur. Again, already mm-hmm. in the game. I'm actually really interested to see what that gray-handed or two-handed sword looks like, um, but the Minotaur set's already available in the game under the Mora House set, as you can see there. But we'll be able to craft yeah. in that style. Oh, I love that heavy shoulder look. That looks awesome. So I'm yeah, that... I'm pretty excited for this set. I mean, I would probably use it. Um, Order of the Hourglass. Again, already available in the game. Um, you see, you see them in the Gold Coast walking around because um, you can tell by that sword, mm. and that two-handed sword. Like they're already in the game walking around, but we can't craft it in whatever style we want. But we'll be able to in the future. So there you guys go. These are some more sets as we go through. Here's something that I really think is interesting. Something I've been complaining about forever. I'm going to highlight them. Gifts. Box 001002003. Maybe what these mean is they'll finally allow us to gift stuff from the crown store to other players. I, I'm not sure how I feel about that. Oh, come on. It's fantastic for Tails because then whenever we do giveaways, we can actually just, you know, I can buy the crowns on my account. And then just send the item to people. Yeah, but this could, I mean, start the off-game, uh, how to say that, out-of-game market as well. Mm. Like, selling in-game crowns with, re- I, I don't know, I don't know. This. Right. Well, you know, that is, that, that is definitely something that could happen. But, I mean, at the same time... Um... Hopefully Zoss. I mean, that already was pretty prevalent when the game first came out with the gold sellers, but they've been hammered on pretty hard. I have a feeling that same zero mercy would be shown for people 
selling gifts. Yeah, but it, it could be done easily. I mean, I'll give you uh, 100K without any reason, and you'll gift me, I don't know, a, a costume or, or whatever from the crown store without any reason. It's true. It, that very well could happen. Um... So, See, but here, here's the thing that I'm kind of stuck on, and maybe it, maybe it doesn't really bother me as much with that, because Zoss is still making out at that point. Because as long as the gold gotten in the game is not gotten illegally through vendors, Zoss is still getting crowns and is gifting. I don't mm -hmm. know if that will go against their policy. I'm not saying that I'm allowing one versus <laughs> the other, because in a perfect world, that w you know you wouldn't pay. But at the mm -hmm. same time... Of the two, the Zoss account, the reason why gold farming and gold selling is so like illegal, there's multiple reasons, but the big thing that it hurts is the economy because it puts a lot of gold in there, but it hurts the player base because a lot of the gold that's gotten isn't gotten just by bots, you know, well, bots farming mm -hmm. and, and messing up the economy. That's one. A lot of other gold is gotten by hacked accounts. So the gold you got is already stolen from someone else. Or, you know, the bots and stuff lower the in-game economy so much because they're just farming, you know, 24-7. Those are detrimental to the game. Whereas if someone's like, I'll pay you, uh, you know, 10k gold to buy me something. If someone has more in or out-of-game money than in-game money, as long as the gold the person is paying wasn't gotten illegally... I, I, you know, again, it's kind of like looking at the lesser of the two evils here, but Zoss tends to yeah. make out with that. And I don't see the negative impact to, to the game or the economy going that route. I don't. I don't, I now, don't think this is a bad idea. Now, again, that may, you know, it may backfire because I know World of Warcraft had that issue before, but the way they had they did is they gave item codes so people would sell item codes and gold sellers and stuff would sell, sell the same item code 90 times but if this is done similar to how guild wars 2 does it or how steam does it you have to put in the account name there's no chance that the person can rip the person off of gold by going hey i didn't get my gold so where's my item mm -hmm. you know or however there's always that risk but yeah i know gifting is something that I've always wanted because it would make stream giveaways and stuff easier because then I don't have to deal like I don't need the person's personal information I don't need any of that stuff just give me your in-game uh, account yeah. name and I'll be like hey I'm giving away a uh, Yakutan horse this week and winner just give me your account name and I send it to you and it uses the crowns off my account like I like that idea but as I said I don't know how I feel I mean I'm not saying that it it will be a problem but I, it feels to me that it could be a problem. Sure. I mean, yeah. anything could really be a problem if, yeah. if, if not done correctly. So, yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you on that, that there could be problems, and Zoss would have to be careful in that route if this is really what those gifts are. But even so, it could be something as simple as just wrapping paper in the game that, you know, like... WoW did this with wrapping paper. You could buy wrapping paper for like two copper and put any item that wasn't bind or equip in it and send it to someone so they didn't know what it was. And it was just a fun thing. <laughs> you go, oh, I got a present from someone. You open it up and it could be anything. 
Could it be a way to um, gift bound items? Like you dropped an Engine Guardian Heavy Divine's Helm, and I need it, but normally you can't give it to me, but you can get this, I don't know, maybe it's 500 crowns in the crown store, this gift box, that allows you to uh, gift one item, one bound item to another player. Well, that, um, besides the fact that I can see you really want me just to give you a Divine's Heavy <laughs> Guardian Helm. No, I already bought that. <laughs> yeah. That's that I could get a Divine's Bloodspawn Heavy Armor. Yeah, yeah whatever. Heavy helm. Whatever. <laughs> I got you. Um, that was, that's one of those things that happened early in the game where they didn't bind on equip raid gear, and then it sold. Like, people were selling best-in-slot raid gear out of the trials because it dropped and it wasn't bind. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that in general because then you have to see people walking around in gear that they didn't earn. And and not because they didn't down the RNG boss or whatever, but because, you know, just like Trials were when they when they accidentally released all that gear that was bind on equip rather than bind on pickup. Um that it, it really did a number on the economy. Not necessarily a bad thing, but it did change the economy yeah. pretty significantly because a lot of gold changed hands when people were selling you know gold rings and stuff that they got from these trials for millions of gold to anyone who had the mm -hmm. money. Last items here, a couple. We didn't really know what these were, but they were labeled Mage Chamber. So we're thinking spellcrafting, because remember they talked about in the QuakeCon, the spellcrafting, and how you had to find these hidden chambers to unlock it. Yeah, didn't they scratch the idea of spellcrafting? They like said it's the on a back burner. They didn't, they, didn't, they didn't throw it out the door like they did with the PvP justice system. That they scrapped. Hmm. They may now, and even scrap projects can be resurrected. But let's just put it like this: once a project scrapped, there's normally very little chance that it'll come back, or if it does, it will be heavily altered. When it's backburnered, yeah. like spellcrafting is, that just means no one's actively working on it, but its in, original intention remains the same. Oh, I see. Yeah. Nice. So well, I, I, I hope they bring this spellcrafting. <laughs> oh, I know. I can't. I, I, I love the idea, and I know some people don't like that idea. And the people who don't like the idea, I'm honestly just going to be like, are silly. They have silly reasons for doing it. They're like, what if it's exploitable? Like, I could make an item in, in Skyrim that allowed you to kill every MMO. There's going to be limitations. They already talked yeah. about limitations. You're not going to be able just to continue spellcrafting until something's a zero cost. They've said that during the the, the one interview they did that so the people complaining oh it'll be op i'll be able to kill everything they're just being silly mm -hmm. like they have no founding behind it other than the single player games which you could hack the single player games to high heaven these yeah. ones you can't or at least not without you know <laughs> I, I guess i shouldn't say you can't because there has been some rampant hacking but th there's consequences for that meteor um, showers yeah yeah yeah, a lot of those players got banned too. So I mean, yeah, I know the people who are always complaining about the spellcrafting. Every time they would say complain about spellcrafting, they brought up single player like Oblivion or Morrowind, and I'm sitting there going, those games by by very nature allows you to do stuff to make you insanely godlike. 
because you could. Because you weren't affecting anyone other than yourself. Lot, a lot more mounts are coming up. Looks like we have a, a new bear mount. I don't know what kind of bear that is. Kind of looks like a I rat. think that's a p panda. I mean, looks like a panda bear. But... Uh, I don't know if it's quite a... Well, maybe. I don't know. See, that, that much I don't really know. But I know there is a type of Malaysian bear that kind of looks like that. Um, but I can't remember what it's called. A new camel mount. A new senshade. Yeah, a white camel. A white, a white uh, tiger. Or not, a white lion. A male lion. Three new wolves, which we already knew were coming. The white wolf, the red one, and the doom wolf. As well as some probably... I'm assuming these are going to be Halloween-type items like the other things were. The skeletal bear, the skeletal guar, the skeletal horse, and the skeletal senshay. Um, are probably all going to be released around Halloween-ish time, I would imagine. Yeah, like guars weren't weird enough, now we have the skeletal guar. Now they're, now they're walking skeletons. Uh, these ones will be really interesting to see. The wild hunt. Guar, horse, senche, and bear mount. Um, those they kind of remind me of those. Uh, what are they called? The you forgot them last time. The lechers. Spriggans. No, well, spriggans possibly, but they were the lecher monsters. Those giant. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So, oh yeah. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Hulk trees. Yeah. New personality coming. The manic. That's interesting. Who, who doesn't want to have a disorder as a personality? <laughs> and a couple more pets. <gasps> Honey badger! Honey badger! I don't know. A winged serpent. A second type of badger. It looks like a red panda and a black cat. So that's actually mm. kind of interesting. We talked about in-game um, distraction-based gameplay. Remember when they talked about horse racing? Oh, oh. We now have right, yeah. a new point of interest being added, the horse race icon, both complete and incomplete. Okay, I like this. And icons specifically for um, tokens that... And the reason why I'm thinking of these tokens are giftable, hence the gift. There'll be items now that you use instead of items that as soon as you purchase, they happen so you can gift them if you wanted. An appearance change, which is your barber shop, new character slots, name changes, and race changes. This one, Thais will love to high heaven because she wants to be an Argodian <laughs> so bad. So, um, I need these two. The which ones? Uh, appearance change and the name change, so oh. that I don't have to level a new role-playing character every time. <laughs> I like that. Um. I, oh, we already talked about that one. That's pretty neat. All right, so I'm still catching up on the chat rooms because unfortunately I had my windows open, so I was kind of all over the place. Uh, <laughs> WTF pandas? I honestly don't think it's a panda. I think there's there's a Malaysian bear that kind of looks like that. Um, I'm, you guys should bait for me for five seconds while I pull out my massive <laughs> Google foo. I don't care what you guys talk about anything really. Well, and now, now I have to Google Malaysian bear as well. Uh, there's a couple of them. Um, if you if you do sun bear, there's a couple bears that kind of have that appearance. That have those weird different colors. There's actually Asian black bears. There's a bunch of different bears. 
that have those weird looking the speckled bear that's actually probably very close to what we just saw so if you look for the speckled bear i don't think it's a panda because i don't think that's yeah i don't think that fits but the speckled bear probably a little bit more um that still looks like a panda to me <laughs> it's got the color scheme of a panda but it doesn't look like a panda yeah yeah pandas i don't know rolling the eyes <laughs> and i see uh malaysian panda stop it sorry <laughs> um yeah i see i see people saying that we need a badger the size of amanda 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 <laughs> gray that'd be scary you ever see the honey badger they just don't well you know whatever <laughs> we won't continue with that but all right so that was the data mining information there's a lot of interesting stuff in there guys don't you think yeah absolutely uh i'm I mean, really actually fascinated by those pvp icons because i'm thinking if they do the lore right like i don't like the idea of capture the flag being a flag because who really cares it's a flag but if it was something like an artifact and that represents the flag at least it has a lore reason for happening yeah. and i i like that and um like i said if they take those artifacts and make it so that, like, oh, if you have an artifact, all of a sudden, like, for Murder Ball, you're super powerful. Not everyone wants to kill you, but you're mm -hmm. essentially like an emperor, which it does take a lot of people. That's interesting. And I really like that idea. All right. Yeah, it, it could be a lot of fun. Definitely. Especially for awesome. someone like me that isn't very good at PvP, so gets squished inside that combat. <laughs> I, I could get one of these and, I don't know, get on the same level with other people. <laughs> get on the oh my all right let's go ahead and talk about our last um our last bit of news which isn't a news it's a discussion topic and this actually came to us from a listener um and hence why i shout out if anyone has anything they want us to talk about send us an email contact at dungeoncrawlernetwork.com with your idea and we would love to have these discussion topics because a lot of these are really cool and i love having discussion um, not just rehashing news, but actually talking about different things. And this was something that was pretty neat. So I'm going to read this. Dear, dear Tales of Tamriel, first off, thanks for being the best and most consistent content provider for the uh, Elder Scrolls Online community. I look forward to each podcast, even though the live broadcast time is usually unattainable for me. Keep up the great work. I was wondering if you would like to discuss the topic of achievements and the opportunity of future use for them. I can't help but think that they would um, that they would be best suited for the upcoming release of housing in some way. One thing I would uh, would love would be an option to put the head of one of the many slain bosses from one of the dungeons above my mantle in my house. Maybe achievement for downing said boss would unlock this option. Another idea would be somehow convert the achievements earned into. Uh, an opportunity to purchase items for your home in a particular style based off of the achievement. Also, I would like, uh, it would be nice to somehow show achievement points and accomplishments off in uh, such a way as WoW did with its Armory website. Hashtag Black Khajiits Matter. P.S. Test Dummies coming with housing, also with different skins to put on them, like Altmer and Daedric Cultists. That's from Single Malt. Thank you, Single Malt, for your email. Sorry it took us a few weeks to get to it. I know I sent you a message saying I got your email and I had it in the docket of things to discuss. 
So achievement points. Currently in the game, there are lots of achievements and not much to do with them. They do unlock dies and things like that, and some people always complain about, oh, I have all these achievement points, but they mean nothing other than an arbitrary number. Um, yeah. What would you guys like to see with these achievements? Like, would how would you guys like to see them used for future use? Well, obviously, achievements are all about showing off. So, um, first of all, I need to ask, Will will we be able to invite people to our houses? Is there any information on that? There's no information on that right now, but I'm assuming based on the way... This is all an assumption, but based on our Vardenfell episode when they talked about the housing plots, I'm imagining how it's going to work when you buy a housing plot. The house is already pre-placed, mm -hmm. but you buy it, and when you go through the front door, it's instanced to you. So it's just you. I'm assuming just like how instances normally work, if you wanted to go into someone's house, they would either have to, through a graphical UI element, invite you in, or simply join the group and whoever's group leader, that's who, whose house you go into. Mm -hmm. And if that's the case, if we can invite people to our house, um, having the heads of the monsters or maybe a banner or something like that from whatever the achievement is, I mean, if it's a fishing achievement, I don't think we could hang a fish to the mantle, but uh, something related, something uh, big, shiny that we can hang into our house. So if I invite you, I mean, if I'm the, if I have the, um, what was the no death run from veteran Milestorm Arena? Flawless Milestorm Conqueror or something? I don't know. I mean, if I have that and I invite you into my house, you'll see on the wall that I, I mean, I'll lure you to there. Like, I won't tell you, hey, look at this achievement. I will lure you to there to, so that you can see it on your own. But I will do everything in my power to make you see it. And it will be fun. <laughs> but for that, I mean, for this to work, I mean, I, I, I'll be able to invite you into the house. Right. Other than that, the wall armory idea is good as well, but I don't know. It's too trivial for me. I wouldn't really care if we had an Armory-like website that we can show off stuff. Some people like it, some people don't. I know even WoW had to... When they first released the Armory, it was by default. Like, that's just what you had. But people were complaining, oh, I'm being... I'm being... Um, uh, why am I drawing a blank? I just was doing... Uh, Elder Scrolls Online racist, racial slurs in the chat, like, Altmer lives don't matter, and now I can't... Discriminated. There we go. <laughs> I'm being discriminated against because I don't have the achievements. There was an option to hide that. Like, mm. I don't know. I think that's silly. Um, if you ever run with a group... Here, here's the thing that I always find funny. People who always complain about, oh, so-and-so group is discriminating against me because they say I don't have an achievement and they look me up. One, why are you trying to be in a group with them in the first place? Like, there are, there's ways, like, that you're like, oh, well, they can't discriminate if they can't see my website, or they just won't invite you until you prove you have it. I've been in groups where they've done that, where they're like, unless you can link it to me in chat, you're not getting in. Um, so there's, there's ways around the so-called discrimination, and there will be discrimination based on, on that, and some of this discrimination is not bad. Like, I know I'm probably not very popular right now when I say that, but it's not. Um, if you're discriminating against someone, it's specifically because you think they can't do it. Like, it, I'm sorry, 
Um, but I'm not going to bring someone into my group if we're doing some very, very hard content who I know has never done it before, does not have the skill to do it because I've seen them run other dungeons, like even e easy dungeons, if they're standing in, in you know, like... You guys, everyone who, who watches the show, who, who's run with the guild, know who I am and know that I, I will show people how to do stuff. I'm just talking from yeah. the point of if if, it, if I have something very clear in mind, like ARC, when we were doing Vet DSA, um, we had a group of people we went with. We didn't just randomly bring mm -hmm. people into there because we knew in our mind, listen, this is not a training run. This is us trying to finish something difficult. Yeah. Why would I bring a player who enjoys the game for story, which there's nothing wrong with that, um, but why would I bring them in who consistently can't do normal dungeons because they stand in fire and they just, oh, I, if I die, I die. You guys res me. You know, like if, if there's the skill is not there, you don't bring them along, especially if it's something difficult. And I know they'll be like, oh, you're discriminating. Well, I wouldn't hire a random person I found in the Twitch chat to be a system administrator where I work either without pr them proving that they actually knew what they were doing, you know, Ark, you're probably the same way. You know, you're an engineer. You wouldn't hire some go up to some random person in the street. Hey, I need someone to help me work on a project. You'll do. <laughs> yeah. You know, if they have no yeah. proof that they can do it. <laughs> that yeah, that there has to be a portfolio. Yeah, and and that's think... what a lot of achievements work for. They're they're almost like an online portfolio of what you've done. Mm -hmm. I think there's a difference between discrimin discrimination and trying to not be counterproductive when you're when you're in a group. Right. I don't even think that, that should even be dis considered discrimination at that point. Yeah. Now, with that being said, there could be some level of discrimination with the armory. Like if, if you were in a random pug, and I've seen this happen, you're in a random pug group and you're failing for whatever reason. So they look you up on the armory and then vote to kick you because you've never done it before. There is a level of discrimination that can happen with yeah. achievements. Yeah, there I can see that. But then again that specific action you can report that that is not allowed <laughs> like if that's what they're doing you could report that and be like hey i didn't go afk i didn't do this this or this and these guys were rude to me or whatever if they're rude to you you report them and that type of thing is a is an offense against the terms of service so i mean you're gonna have those people anywhere so i don't see how mm -hmm. yeah certain sites are bad um, but as for achievement points and how like they're used, like I love going after achievements. That's one of the things I've always done is doing achievements. I love it. Um, but one of the things I think would be very helpful with achievements is the the number stays, but when you but when you earn achievement points, they earn a currency. So for like every threshold or something like for every, I don't know, 100 achievement points you earn, or mm -hmm. the, the number is arbitrary. You earn like a token that you can then take to a, uh, an achievement vendor and buy something off of there. Guild Wars 2 kind of does that with achievement points. Not so much that you can buy stuff, but they have reward chests every couple, like every thousand achievement points or whatever it is. that Now their achievement points work different. Like you get achievement points for just doing daily quests. So it's a never-ending achievement, not like ESO where there's finite amount of them, but the, the the concept still exists. Every so many points, you get a chest that would give you a token or, or some reward or an item skin or something in Guild Wars 2. Um, 
if you could then take your achievement points and these tokens you earn, then go to a, a vendor going, hey, I have five achievement tokens because I'm up to 5,000. Let's look through your list of items and see what you got. And I could buy various things off of that vendor with these tokens going, hey, I got five tokens. I could buy this Moleg Ball statue to put in my house. I don't know why you'd want it, but hey, whatever. You know, I think I'd buy a Moleg Ball statue just to hang up like my coats and stuff just like to really rub it in like just hold my coat molly ball it's all good um so yeah and and sorry in chat was saying how the achievements and goers too are um they they go on but like you could in theory with the achievements i know they add new achievements every dlc but you could add new rewards let's just say there's ten thousand achievement points in the game just arbitrary number i know there's more than that i think i even took a screenshot for the uh for the youtube video today to use as the thumbnail and i have over ten thousand. <laughs> but ten thousand achievement points you look at a vendor and the vendor has all these items that if you bought everything would equate to ten thousand achievement points but there's different prices of different things so if you wanted uh, a monster helm to you know go on your on your uh mantle it's mm-hmm. 50 or here's one for a thousand you can prioritize like what you want to buy because yeah in theory you could earn all the achievement points but it gets harder as you go along um and you really have to work to get these items and you could do something along those lines and, and make it so that your achievement points are s- spendable in a way like when you earn one achievement point you earn one of this achievement point currency to spend at this vendor and you can look through these different items and get them um and I do like that. And I do like physical items tied to achievements. Like, that's really what I like. You know, if you if you defeat a veteran uh, monster in, in a dungeon, being able to get its helm or its head or whatever to put on their wall, that's awesome. If you wanted to. I'm, I'm all for that. But that's my idea. Make your... Mm-hmm. For every point you get for achievements, make it spendable. And then have a vendor that... You know, if you earned every achievement point in the game, you could buy everything off the vendor. But earning every achievement point in the game is very hard, so you have to prioritize yeah. what you want. But I still would add something like a limitation to the items you can get depending on the achievements you have. Because, I mean, let's say the um, Molakena heads, head, the head of Molakena, I want to have, um, put it in my house. Let's say it's 1,000 um, achievement points. I shouldn't be able to get that by collecting fishing achievements and getting that thousand points from the fishing. I have to still be beat the uh, veteran dungeon to get that, even if I have enough um, achievement points to get it. Because otherwise, I would be putting um, achievements in my house that I haven't completed yet, that I bought with other achievements points. Which would be nice, I could show off without doing anything. Well, I mean, that's where you would tie certain achievements, like like you were saying, uh, the the head of the monster to the achievement you got. But still being able to spend your achievements on random other things mm-hmm. are not a bad thing, you know, whether it just be, I don't know, a piece of furniture or yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever you wanted. I mean, they could even add it so that specific dies could be added to the game that are not awarded in achievement points, but you buy them with achievement points. So it's not like, oh, I've, I got Verdidian Green from learning all of the poison-making stuff. No, it's I got 50 achievement points. Oh, I can buy a die pack over here. Which color do I want? 
Do I care about the hot pink? Thais might say yes, but I don't. So that would be the last <laughs> thing on my list. I would look for a cooler color. Yeah, that's that's how I look at it. Yeah. Purchasing purchasing costumes and stuff would be cool too in game for uh, achievement points and maybe even being able to spend your the riding skill points with achievement points as well. I could see that happening too. Yeah. Yeah, being able to buy consumable type stuff would be very neat. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Um, that seems to be kind of the end of that discussion because we kind of hit that. But uh, anyone have anything they want to say before we move on? I'm done. All right. It's Tales time. What have we been doing in game? Uh, generally, I let my guests go first, but I think my guests actually have more to say than I do. Um, because I have been playing a lot. Um, but as I said in the beginning, I've been doing a lot of theory crafting and stuff since Dark Brotherhood came out. Uh, building brand new PvP sets. Uh, redoing my PvE set, um, thanks to Alcast. Thank you, Alcast. If you're watching, you made me spend money. But it's a fun build, so I don't really care. But I spent tons of money. Um, so I've rebuilt these because I had to build a whole new Twiceborn Star set. And then I was going to use Hundings, but I'm sitting there going... Wait, I can really if I follow his thing and do might night mothers, I get way more weapon damage. So I had to make all of that. So I've been redoing all these builds, and I've been talking with Glassnir in in Discord and everything, and saying, "Hey, this is what I'm working on." And I think this week I've been farming nonstop for stuff just because I think my total came out. That I need like 156 Druax and like. 48 to 56 tempering alloys to get all my stuff up to par um yeah so i've been doing a lot of farming that's pretty much all i've been doing in game just farming uh metal where i could doing my daily writs hoping i get stuff um because i need kutas as well so i need at least 16 kutas or something like that um and yes i do have lots of money but i'm a miser and i would rather earn it in game and try to get it so, and the Kutas I would probably buy if it came down to it, just because they're very RNG. Um, more RNG, well, everything's RNG, but, like, you, I don't know, I guess I could try to farm them, but I always feel like Kutas are one of those things that are, I don't know, they feel like more RNG because you get nothing else out of it. <laughs> like, because if you open a runestone and there's not a Kuta, it's just 100% loss. Yeah, not technically. You get other runes, but you know I already have hundreds of the other stuff. What do I really care? Um, it feels like more of a loss. At least with the farming, the tempering alloys, and the you know the drew wax. At least then I get materials that I can then use for craft. So it doesn't feel like a total loss to me, because then I can turn around and use that stuff um, fairly easily. Yeah, I mean, you could argue I could still use the other runes I get from the runestone spots, mm -hmm. but. I probably won't because if I can only have like a thousand, you know, I already have like a thousand f like uh, fire runes to add a fire enchantment. What's one more? <laughs> I don't really care. Okay. Um, so that, that's that's been my gameplay. I haven't really done a whole lot other than that. So, uh, gentlemen, why don't you go next? Because I think you said you didn't have a ton to go over either. Yeah, I really don't. Um, on PC, I just started going over some... I just started the Orsinium DLC, so I'm going slowly through that because um, I want to enjoy the story. And I remember, I think it was last week, 
um, you guys mentioned that ties in with Endgame, maybe, or at the end of the original story. So I'm going through that, like I said, just trying to enjoy it. I'm not trying to rush through it. Um, on Xbox, I did that. Uh, I did a stream, went through uh, Crypt of Hearts on Veteran. Um, despite running through the dungeon without an ultimate for half the time, uh, we got pretty far up to the last boss, and then I just kind of gave up and... Um, because that was extremely hard. I wasn't talking to the group members either, so that didn't help. I never ran the dungeon before. Um, it was a big mess, but we got a lot of views on the stream, um, a lot of new followers for for the DCN, and I gave away um, the Bren Pop figure. Amanda won that, and I gave away a 1500 uh, crown pack, and I gave away another um, the Nord Pop figure, but that was to a new follower, so... It was pretty successful all in all, I'd say. Yeah, I actually was watching part of that stream and, and seeing the uh, Crypt of Hearts and uh, <laughs> you you causing the one guy to leave because you accidentally pulled early and you're like, oh crap, they're going to hate me. <laughs> yeah, I like pressed, uh, I pressed B and activated one of my skills and it just traveled all the way to the boss and I was like, oh my god. Like, <laughs> and the boss comes running, kills everyone yeah, standing there. Everybody just stood there, the one guy left. Yeah, yeah, that was that was pretty funny. I saw that part. Um, I, I remember, I remember writing in the chat, and I I almost felt like you thought it was a joke because you're like, it's really hard. I'm like, you know, a lot of people just don't take the tank with. And then after I wrote it, I'm like, I bet you he thinks I'm trolling, but a lot of people don't take the tank with. No, I believed you. <laughs> okay. I totally believed you. I didn't know if other people like because no one said anything after I said that. And I'm like, I bet you they think I'm trolling him, but I'm not. <laughs> like literally, the fewer people that's in that room the easier it is so right yeah if you have a pure tank who doesn't actually do any damage or have a dps build he often sits out and yeah. free khajiit i'm giving away a free khajiit please take it <laughs> and then i uh destroyed a bunch of nern root before i finally got queued up ah, i saw that Major too really happy <laughs> i saw that too all the new nern root belongs to me that's how it goes so which is why everyone Destroy all the Nern roots you get, take a screenshot, send them to Egg. I yep. will cry. <laughs> I will cry. All that Nern root. All that beloved Nern root. I I'm destroyed still, like three of them. I'm still waiting for Zoss to implement the Nern root so whenever you're holding it, you hear the singing around your character all the time. Because then no one will pick it up because you'll always be singing. But I love that singing, so I would have like 10,000 Nern root on me. So it would be loud enough for everyone in the zone to hear me when I walk in. Yeah. Yeah. Learn root man. Yeah. As soon as I walk in, everyone hears humming going, oh, Ag's in the zone. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's me. Um, nice. Ark, you came back, and with finals being done, you're in ESO with a vengeance. What have you been up to? Yes, I have been returned. Um... Last Friday, I mean this Friday, we completed the nerfed version of Sanctum of Idea Normal, um, which is which is fine, which is nice because, I mean, even if it's nerfed, I got the achievement finally. Yeah. Uh, it was fun. Shout out to everyone who was there. Kilted run the uh, trial, I think. Yeah, it was Kilted. Shout out to him. He did a great job on um, leading people. Then we didn't do the fishing night, which which was upsetting. <laughs> I didn't get to be naked. 
That's true. Yeah. I know. I was uh, mm-hmm. I was doing another show for the network that night, so I didn't get yeah. done until pretty late. And I think when I logged on, there was like nobody on. I'm like, eh, <laughs> all right. Yeah. yeah. So now that my um, sorcerer is also like they scaled to my main, mm-hmm. so I decided to work on my uh, sorcerer tank build. But he he lacks a lot of um, essential skills, like undaunted skills are not unlocked, stuff like that. So instead, I let the let a group of twenty people in Hrothgar world bosses, which was really fun. Everyone um, everyone tagged along. No one did anything weird except this one guy um, whispered me and said that why do you have more than twelve people? So I said. Come again? Why, why wouldn't I have more than 12 people? Apparently, you don't. some people don't get loot if you have more than 12 people in the group or something like that. Is there is there anything like that? I've not heard that, but it, let, me, let me rephrase it like this. Um, the more people that are in the group, in order to be eligible for a loot, you have to contribute a certain percentage. And that percentage mm-hmm. is harder to achieve the more people that are there. Oh, I see, I see. Well, he was upset about that. Oh, I, so, I've... Yeah, I've not heard, like, that they lock out more than that, but it's harder to hit that certain percentage for loot. Especially if you have one guy who's doing 3k DPS because he can't mm-hmm. do it, and one guy who does 30. Obviously, he's not, you know, if you look at the overall health, this guy's, you know, having, like, 80% of it. That doesn't leave a lot of percentage for other people to get the minimum amount. I'm assuming that's the only reason. I don't know of any mechanic reason why more than more than twelve would limit you, but oh. I've not tested. That's my only thought. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was upset about that, so I told him to go form his own group if he wants to. <laughs> <laughs> Feel free to leave. There's yeah. the door. <laughs> I, I mean, it's fun doing it with more people, so yeah. why not? I mean, if if people are upset, they can leave and form another group. It's not like the world bosses are spawning it one time a day so yeah right yeah. I feel like you know, any, anyway people only go after the world bosses for their achievements and that's it it's not really like you're going after the loot to begin with anyway yeah well, the the loot from the world bosses is eh but it's I know in the Rothgar and the other zones you if they're tied to a daily quest you're doing it for the daily which has the yeah. loot bag that actually uh, the only loot you're really missing out on from true. a world boss well i shouldn't say that the newer ones have motif pages so that's probably why they're complaining so well it wasn't orsinium so i don't think orsinium world bosses drop pages it, anymore do they i think you get the pages out of the bags but yeah. the dark brotherhood and hughes bane thieves guild ones they drop mm-hmm. by themselves um, so yeah. yeah, that was a weird guy. I, I don't know. So, um, sorcerer tank seems to be working okay. I mean, I don't. I, I'm not as squishy, but it's definitely not as powerful as my dragon knight tank. But as I said, there are a lot of skills missing, so I'll have to do some dungeons and open the undaunted skills before I can uh, work on that any further. Then yeah. I'm. Well, hmm. Yeah. I was going to say, remember, you can do undaunted pledges on every one of your guys. Yeah. So if you want to run dungeons, just do the undaunted pledges, then at least you get keys <laughs> that actually might be useful. Like yeah, getting My that. RNG is too low for that. Yeah, but your the RNG, are... the law of averages <laughs> dictates the more that you try, the higher chance. Because you're getting I have given up. One. I have given up. I'm not trying anymore. 
I'll just wait for them to be on Cyrodiilic Wender, and I'll buy them. Ugh. My cash. But they're not <laughs> even Divines, they're only Infused. I don't, I don't think I'll use Divines or Infused anymore, either. Which brings me to my new topic. I'm working on a new build on my uh, Dragon Knight tank. Um, I'm planning to do a build with Ultimate Regeneration, purely focused on that. Uh, drop in Tava's Favor, Blood Spawn, um, put Decisive on the Sword, and as for the second set, I'm thinking Glorious Defender, so that um, it gives me some. It will give me some weapon damage. I now have some weapon damage from the Constitution skill, um, heavy armor skill line as well. So I might be able to, you know, assist the DPS a little bit more during the trials. I, I'm thinking on something like that. Oh, I have a question about that. Decisive gives you a person uh, some some chance to regenerate one one additional ultimate every time you gain ultimate right every time you hit with that i i don't i think it's every time you hit with the weapon i don't think it's oh. while it's running to get an additional hmm. i have to okay. look at it um i almost believe it's every time you hit like that's that's it because the decisive well i don't know, let me read the decisive trait because i don't want to give you bad information here because hmm. I, I, I as i read if i remember it correctly it said that every time you gain ultimate, you had a disparage of chance to gain additional one ultimate or something like that. I'm sure you're probably right on that. Why is this being stupid? Cannot find the right area for what I need. <laughs> so yeah, these are things I really should look up as I go, but you know, I don't. Yeah, I, I forgot to look it up before the show as well. Seriously? You don't... Oh, I was on the wrong thing. I'm sitting here going, they don't even have decisive mention. Uh, no, yeah, you're right. It's when you gain ultimate, you have a chance to gain one additional ultimate. Um, and depending on... As you're going up in quality, on a one-handed sword that's gold, it's a 17% chance. Yeah, it's it's pretty high, actually. That's awesome. Yeah. And my, my, my question is... Is it every time I gain one ultimate, like if I use the heroic slash, I will gain, I don't know, 15 ultimate over some seconds of time? Uh, is it every time I gain a one ultimate that I have that chance of additional ultimate? Or is it that for that total 15 ultimate, I have one extra possibility? I think it's every time you're gaining ultimate, you gain an additional possibility. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah. In, in that case, I might with that build, I might be able to drop ultimates like I'm dropping Green Blood Dragon. Green and, Dragon. And, and then <laughs> people start reporting the arc. He's cheating. Look at him. He's dropping <laughs> ultimates every three seconds. Uh, yeah. Um, no, from what I'm reading this, when you gain ultimate, you have a chance to gain a one additional. So that's any time. So that's the entire time you have minor heroism going, which is any time you do a light attack for the next eight seconds, yeah. you gain ultimate what is it, one ultimate every second or something like that? Mm -hmm. Every time you gain that ultimate, there's a chance of gaining it. Now, with Heroic Slash, does it give a flat value? Like, oh, you gain 15 ultimate when you use it? I don't think that yeah. gives you 15 chances. I think it just does one, but maybe I'm wrong. That would yeah, be that's, interesting. That's, that's the question. I'll have to test that out. I'll probably do that build in the next week. Like, sit down with, with my crafter friend, do some theory crafting as well. And I'll, I'll let you know how it went. How it goes. Nice. I'd actually. That's that's really awesome. I'm I'm interested in seeing that. Um, Other than that, 
I got back into role-playing after the finals. I've been out for a few months. I made a new character, Torstein Silver Shield, this time. Uh, it's son of Arcanir Silver Shield, which died in role-play, actually, a few months ago during an event. So I thought I'll bring another Silver Shield to the RP. But it's just level 7 right now, so I have to level that through all the EP quest line again, which sucks. <laughs> Sean, <laughs> in, Sean in Twitch chat, this is pretty ultimate. He actually made a suggestion for this. Uh, have you looked at the height of the werewolf set? Because you gain five ultimate every time you take damage. I'm sure there's an internal cooldown on that, but... Hmm. Okay, I'll, I'll take a note of that, because I didn't. Yeah, so he was saying uh, for his tank, he wants to try five hide of werewolf, five tavas, two blood spawn. Um, and okay, I'm making a note. Rightful Dawn actually hit, put an ultimate can be gained every six seconds. Additional gains occur on the six second internal cooldown. So every time you're gaining ultimate, it's every six seconds you can gain it. And every time that cooldown goes up, you roll the dice to see if you gain another ultimate. Hmm, I see, I see. So. Alright, thanks guys. Yeah, that, awesome. that, that helps a lot, yeah. So, nice. Um, so you got into roleplay, level 7, rolling through yeah. that. Yeah. So, that's about it. it. All this in two days, I'll, I'll, I still have a long way to go. Can <laughs> like I say, coming back with the Vengeance, you haven't been able to play for yeah. a couple weeks because of all these <laughs> finals and stuff, and now it's just like you don't ever get off, which is awesome. Yeah, oh, I also started grinding my European character as well. It's okay. now level 44. Nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, I know we shouted out the EU side, and we'll do that again before we leave, mm -hmm. but uh, the EU guild, Arkaneer runs that over there to try to build up our EU community. And Gentleman Sour does our Xbox. He's down there. So mm -hmm. we, we actually have guild leaders from all three of our guilds right now, so this <laughs> is what I should have called this episode. Um, yeah. So if we ever get a PS4 leader, he'll be down in that other box. <laughs> I, uh, I remember seeing in Discord chat Ark posting um, after he finally logged in after finals, he was still at the dolmen where we uh, ended fishing and drinking. <laughs> yeah, still, still naked. And ironically, <laughs> as soon as he logged in, the dolmen spawned. So there yep. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, those dolmens, I love how they have an internal cooldown, but they don't spawn until someone walks close to them. So they have a yeah. cooldown going, okay, after I've been defeated, I can't reactivate for 15 minutes. But then they won't activate until someone walks close to them. But in that 15 minutes, because I know when we were staying, we were, after that drinking and fishing night, uh, we were just sitting there chatting and whatnot, and it spawned on us multiple times. We're just, yeah. We didn't move. We just were in-game, just running around in circles. And it would keep spawning on us every time the, the internal cooldown came off. So... That's awesome. I did the I did the same thing, but then my computer loads the game so uh, long that by the time I actually got to see where I was, I was dead <laughs> at the dolmen. Mm, nice. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Um, well, that that's about it from me. Nice. Something you might want to look at for the hide of werewolf. Zakir in chat was saying that um, he doesn't think hide of werewolf goes up to the max champion point value of one sixty. I don't know how you get that set, but if it comes from PvP, it may be different. I don't know. Like, I don't know where it I'll, comes I'll have from. I'll check that out. But yeah, you'll want to look at that, because if it doesn't go to 160, it depends on, on, on your level, but I... 
I always tell people, like someone was saying, like they're, uh, I was talking to someone they were trying to help with their build, and they're like, I'm just not doing good DPS numbers. Like, I don't know what the issue is. I asked to look at their build, and they were following one of our builds on the DCN website, and I, I asked them to describe their character a little bit. Well, they didn't even have 160 champion points, so I'm sitting there going, all right, there's a couple things here, because they were like, how do you have such high health or whatever? They're looking at one of uh, Glasner's builds. I said, well, being a Nord helps, but also having 160 champion point gear, having max champion points, things like that, all that helps, because as you're putting champion points in, your raw stats go up. So if you're only sitting at 100 champion points or lower, you're going to have lower stats than other people because you don't have them in there yet. So... Um, and the enchantments on 160 champion point gear is way higher yeah than like significantly higher mm-hmm. you feel it just looking at the enchants going wow i've gained a lot of extra resources because i went from 150 enchants to 160 so all right guys that's kind of the end of our show this week um let's go around give our final thoughts thank you guys for coming on the show by the way i know Gentlemen, I kind of pulled in here very last moment because Avi um, sent me a, a text earlier today saying something came up that he was yeah. unable to be here. So thank you, Gentleman Sour, for coming on so short notice. It was like of five course. minutes. I was like in bed. I get this message. I'm like, oh, yep. Yeah, I'm on. <laughs> Jump out of bed. I'll be up two minutes. <laughs> Try to pull clothes on real quick. Yeah. yeah. So thank you for that. So guys. Gentlemen, why don't you go ahead and go first, give your final thoughts for the show, and we'll we'll wrap that up. Yeah, uh, glad to be back again. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, really looking forward to all the stuff that was data mined. I thought all that stuff was interesting. Um, hopefully we can get some usefulness out of achievements again. And, um, yeah, that's about it. Nice. Ark. Well, I mean, it's always a joy being on the show, and... I'm really excited about the data mine stuff as well. And I mean, E3 is best at press conference this today as well. So I, I believe we'll see some of those stuff there. I'm not sure, but I guess so. Right. It, that, that's, that, that would be the best place, place to announce those they're, the PvP they're, stuff and all. They've been hinting that they're, the yeah. next DLCs will be announced today. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, if you're thinking about this, we're actually going to be streaming like restreaming the uh the bethesda Mm -hmm. stream so we're gonna be streaming on the dcn channel on twitch and we're all gonna be in here hanging out watching it so if you want to come hang out and watch it in a chat room that's not flooded with random everybody (laughs) with like dcn community that's what we're gonna be doing um krabby's gonna be streaming that for us so we'll be sitting there watching the bethesda um, BE3 event, so we'll actually get to see all that. And um, so definitely come out, hang out with us. We'll chat. We'll probably be in Discord as well. So for those who aren't in Discord, can hear all of us just chatting in Discord. But I think that'd be kind of fun. So come out for that. I want to thank our chat rooms for coming out, both Twitch and YouTube. Thank you guys for coming out. Um, if you enjoyed this episode or anything we do, uh, check out our Patreon page, Patreon.com/DungeonCrawlerNetwork. If you want to support us in other ways, feel free to go to our website, DungeonCrawlerNetwork.com, leaving us five-star reviews on iTunes. That always helps. Uh, Anything like that, 
subscribing to our YouTube channel because obviously doing that gets rewards because we're giving away crown pack and we're actually going to be giving away crown packs every 500 subs we get. Uh, I think as of last time I looked, we need, we're well, we're going up there. It's much faster. Um, I think we need a 420 more subs for the next crown pack giveaway. So we'll see how that goes. Um, DungeonCrawlerNetwork.com, YouTube, of course, .com slash DungeonCrawlerNetwork. We have a Facebook group, Facebook.com slash DungeonCrawlerNetwork. We also have Steam and PS4 groups. They're all called Dungeon Crawler Network. We're not very original. Search for them, join, join in on there, and uh, get to hang out. Um, join our Discord, because Discord has been hopping for us. We All the time we're in there, all day, chatting about everything. So uh, I'll have a link to that in in the show notes as well as if you go to our dcn twitter dungeon crawl net it's our sticky uh tweet so you can click that link and join um thank you guys for coming it was a great show we'll be back next week um which will be our final week for this contest to get your entries in and we'll announce a winner on episode 113 so we'll see you next week on the show see you guys later Thank you.